0: What does motion sound like? With Kizzik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks.
1: Welcome to episode two of Cast and Crank Podcast. We have Eric Bent from SWBA with us today. Awesome. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. Awesome! Yeah, this is a big uh, get. This is our first guest, official guest, honored, honored. <laughs> <laughs> it's a privilege. So you know, uh, when I heard you were doing this, i was like, yes. <laughs> and we have, of course, Justin here with us.
0: How's it going? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let's get started. Uh, tell us about your fishing career. Uh, how old you were when you started, and till now, like a whole breakdown. Uh, wow, I was thinking
0: about that on the way here. <laughs> I was like, man, when did I first start? Um, I, I was probably about, you know, a little mini Grom size, like five or six. Uh, we were, my dad had a ski boat at the, and I had two older sisters. So we'd go to the lakes and, um, they'd be out skiing. I'm like, ah, I'm over that, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I'd walk around the docks and catch bluegill. So that's, that's... about, ah, I guess like five, six or seven. And then as I got a little older, my sisters bailed to college and my dad sold the ski boat and got a center console and we were, we were doing that kind <laughs> of thing. But between then, I was riding my bike down to uh, the beach, and there was this spot we called the Bullhead Place, and I remember riding my bike down there, catching these little things called bullhead on, like, trout rods, and so we'd throw them back, you know, it was just, we could go crack the muscle open off the, you know, the, the rocks, and yeah. then get in, you know, catch the little bullhead, and then we'd go home and steal more tackle from our dads, and, you know, <laughs> it was, so yeah, probably about five, six, seven, somewhere around there, you wow. know, that. And when did you start taking a
1: more serious fishing, um, like where uh, it became like I'm um, dropping
0: cash on it? My my dad and I would go a lot, but we, weren't, we were just kind of into it on the weekends. You know, dad, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Yeah. The weekends come around, do our best. And then um, I was surfing a lot at that time through high school. The guy that was making my surfboards... He was really into bass fishing, tournament bass fishing. And he was really good at fiberglass and all that stuff. Yeah. And he, um, I knew he was into fishing, but he didn't want to talk to me. He's like, just get whatever, get out of here, buy a board and leave. Yeah. And um, he had a boat in there called the Guppy. I'll never forget, it, but it was um, about 16 foot. And he actually cut it in half lengthwise and widened it mm. out like eight inches and glassed in all this stuff. So he never talked to me. So one time I went to get a, a surfboard from him and I brought a picture of a calico bass that I'd caught with my dad and he, he was like, you know, playing and, you know, working and he had his earphones on and the dust mask. And he's like, dude, you're flashing. Let's go into the office. Let's talk. And uh, so he, he took me and he was into spotty fishing. He'd do freshwater, but the spotty fishing is obviously, there's a crossover there with uh, freshwater, freshwater yeah. and uh We went out, he took me out in his bass boat, the guppy, and we went and he showed like, he had little pistol grip rods, Remember, like the five, six pistol grip rods. And he would do like roll casts and like underhand casts. And it like opened my eyes. So it's, that's kind of when I really got into it. And that was like late high school, you know, right around then. So that was Jack Sykes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's the guy that got me all geeked out. That's cool, man. That's really cool. You know, I noticed
1: that when, uh, I had a kid a little younger, I was 22 when I had my first son, I'm 38 now, and we would go to functions, and no one would talk to me, but the guys are like 50, 60, they'd go, you fish? Then it yeah. changes the whole fucking conversation. Right, right, right. Like, no one liked me. Right. I'm oh, like, no. yeah, dude, I fish all the time. And then these old guys would always <laughs> yeah. remember me. Yeah. I'm at the school talking, you know, yeah, the There's the fishing like, corner over exactly, there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. How'd you get the whole uh, S W B A started? Oh man, it, it, James, you know from where you're, yeah. those. Um, I'll try to make it quick. There was a. a oh, take a as long as you oh, want. Okay. Interview. <laughs> well, give us the I mean, long I'll, I'll give you the detail, but I'll kind of fast <laughs> forward. There. there used to be um, when internet fishing first kind of. There was a website called All Coast. I don't know if you remember yeah. that, but it was kind of like. You know, get on there and share your reports, and then and then oh, now you can upload pictures. You know, I was like, and then guys are slamming dudes for putting a picture in the, with the background. Oh, you, you oh, it's still it still happens. No, <laughs> it was, and I'm like, oh my gosh! But at the the first Saturday of December, there was a tournament called the Wall Banger, and it was kind of a end of the season blow off steam. It was a quote unquote bass tournament, but. Mm-hmm. It was skipjacks, parkers, bay liners, you know, every aluminum boats. There was no bay boats or center comps. It was just, and it was like five hours maybe with a, and we, I think we launched out of Davies. And then when Hoff's Hut was still there, where Gelson's or whatever that market is, we'd, you know, fish for it till like eight or nine or whatever, 10, maybe 10, and then they'd have a party there afterwards. One year I was fishing that thing, and I see this guy jam by in this boat. He's got like a wig, and there's dudes like in costumes and wearing (laughs) overalls and stuff. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy, you know? And it was James. And they were just having a blast. They're smiling, laughing, and this and that. So I don't even think I talked to him that year at that tournament. Um, But... um, I just knew that guy was a scene, (laughs) and so I I was fishing uh, freshwater bass tournaments down in uh, Yuma, and I joined a bass club down there, and I'd go down there like
1: quite often. In Yuma, you joined it, yeah. In in Yuma, oh wow, and uh, you were
0: making the commute. Yeah, I was going down there like ten times a year. Like they would have a tournament every month, and then a championship. So I was like, I think one year I went eleven times or something. But I was really into it because. There was really no organized bass tournaments around here. And I don't want to go drop shot at Paris or something. Like I I wanted to actually chuck and whine, you know, and catch some. And Jack Sykes had been going down there. He's like, Mm -hmm. dude, go to Martinez. This place is insane, bud. And uh, there's a place further up the river called Walter's Camp. And he's like, dude, you'll be when the river's high, you'll be pitching on somebody's front porch with a jig, catching three, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> rat. So it sounded really cool. And when yeah. I got down there, it was, everybody was really cool. It's like stepping back in time. Yeah. Everybody talks like they're from Texas and you, I don't know why they're <laughs> hey, You're going to get your arm broke. And you're out with yeah, That's Arizona. We're not in the Ozarks. So I was doing that. And, um, I was st- I was thinking I'm like, I don't know, driving back one time, I'm like, man, we got all these spotty fisheries, we got a breakwater, we got this you know, this, the nighttime, the San Diego Bay. We could run tournaments up here and, you know, catch and release bass tournaments. You know, Western yeah. Outdoor News has done it. There's been a lot of tournaments that have done bass tournaments. Yeah. Certainly don't wanna say it pioneered anything. It had been done for for decades, but not kind of like the way the freshwater guys were doing exactly. it. You know, they were kind of like, you could use live bait. It was one fish, or it was, you know. Anyway, so I was thinking about it and I started, I put a little flyer together. I call, I don't even think I put a flyer together. I think I just called some guys and said, dude, you guys wanna do like a spotty tournament in the bay? Yeah, cool. Tell a friend, show up. I'll be mm-hmm. there. And so I made like a, it was like a tripod. And I hung like a chain off of it, and I got a milk crate and a Rapala scale. I put like a, pick, a picking <laughs> hook on it, and you know the weigh-in was at a public dock, and the guys would show up and throw their their fish in this milk crate, and I'd hang it from the Rapala scale with a little clipboard, and I'd write it down. And James was doing the same thing. He was he was had a couple, so I think one time we stayed after in Newport Bay at that little cafe that's right there, the Bistro or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we we, were, we we went back after we probably okay, had a bunch when of... When that happens, marys. plans started Yeah, we had a few Bloody Marys, and we're hanging out. Well, if you know James, the guy's a character. He's like, dude, we could do a series, man. We'll go from San Diego, Dana Point, Calico's only. Bro, and I'm like, really? And I'm like, I'll have another one, you know, I hear another Bloody Mary. And he's like, oh, it'll be so much fun. And he goes, we'll get a perpetual trophy, and we'll make it like... We'll make it like a live well, and we'll we'll make it the golden live well with a calico bass coming yeah. out of it, and every you know we'll have a championship fish off at the end of the year, and so we get like a napkin, we start drawing out like okay, Dana Point calicos, we'll do Oil Islands, like we actually did a you know the Oil Islands in Long Beach Harbor, yeah, we did. A <laughs> gonna kill me for saying this. But there was a you know, you got Freeman, Chafee, and White, right? And yeah. we go, this we must have been plowed, but we said, uh we'll go we'll divide up the field. So if there's like nine boats or whatever, we'll put three at Chafee, three at White and three at Freeman, and you'll get to fish for two and a half hours and then everybody's gotta rotate to the next island and we'll call it Ring Around the Islands. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, All right, cool, that one's in you know and we did it. And so I th- whatever, we left and we, we finished up, and then he gave me his number, and then I, I one of us called the other person like a couple of days later, and like, were you serious about doing that? He's like, yeah, let's do it, man. He had already called uh, David Worth, a guy that does fish carvings, like beautiful art, like yours, yeah. like, and, and he's like, yeah, he said he'll make us the trophy, like the perpetual trophy, dude. Like, and he's, I'm working on the logo, and so oh. I, we made a flyer, and we, I drove around to some tackle stores, and. Dropped off flyers and introduced myself because I was never in the industry. I I never worked in a tackle store. Yeah. I didn't work. I had buddies that worked on boats, so I used to fish on the sport boats. That's
1: what we're pretty much doing the yeah, same thing. But yeah, but I
0: never was a deckhand or anything like yeah. that. I did you know some commercial fishing here and there, whatever. But I was never in the industry, so it was kind of like the outsider trying to get in. And then that first tournament in Newport. What, yeah, I don't even remember 13 years ago there was like 25 boats showed up and it was new at that time yeah like people were like catch and release bodies only you know <laughs> da, 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 da. and then everybody's like yeah more so it just kind of grew from there yeah. so it just we kind of had the tiger by the tail at that point you know
1: and how many guys do you get how many do you do a year right now
0: right now it, it's it's the industry's funky you know we've canceled some tournaments this wow. year just because participation is so down i the i'll be really honest it's 13 years of doing it a lot of the guys that were new at that time now have houses kids mortgages yeah. and you know everything's so expensive so we're having to reinvent the whole program this year has been a struggle because uh this there's another series you know that, that's i did the math the other day and there was like 22 tournaments bass tournaments in one year wow. th- this year that were scheduled and if you took December or November and December out of the equation because uh-huh. you know, Thanksgiving, yeah, Christmas, yeah. and all that, you've got a tournament every two weeks. Wow. And so, who can afford to do a tournament every two weeks? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we're kind of in a, re- a reinventing phase right now. Is it, yeah. is
1: it easier to do the like local ones a little better, like than hitting Catalina?
0: You know, it's so across the board because really? like guys with small 15 foot aluminum boat, yeah. they, they look at and here's some dude with a 300 fire breather on the back. How am I going to compete with that? Yeah, you know, exactly. and how yeah. do you, how do you, Clip the wings of the dude with the gnarly boat. So he's like, oh, i got to fish spotties out of this $100,000 boat. And then the guy with the aluminum boat, he can't go to Tiller's over to Catalina or Clemente. So it's one thing when it's in the freshwater lake because everybody's on the same body of water. And most of the boats are 18 to 20 feet with a 150 to a 200. They all do about 60 to 70 miles an hour. And the lake's relatively calm. But here you've got... Three different species of fish, several different types of boats, outside weather, you know, it's just a, it's really, that's the biggest challenge is how do you get something where people don't feel that they're being pigeonholed or their wings are clipped or, you know, to satisfy everybody. And we've, we've changed what we thought was the best over mm-hmm. the years and to certain degrees of success. And other times it's been a complete failure, <laughs> you know, sure. you're just like, dude, what were you thinking? You know? Sure. So anyways, <laughs> that's been kind of the, yeah, that's where we're at right now. It's like reinventing. So yeah. Um, Yeah. And is there is there
1: like a new plan you kind of have coming up? Yeah. You know, like,
0: I th- I, you know, I don't want to say too much, you know, just because it's no, still kind you. of really organic. But I think, you know, the future is the future, which is the kids, you know. And you, when I was younger, I had an eight-foot inflatable. I'd mm-hmm. throw in the back of my truck and put a 5 horse oh. outboard in there <laughs> and, and, and a couple of rods and go. Well, now, you know, it's like where do you keep a boat? You know, how do you put a trolling motor on it? You know, how – where do you store the thing? You know, it's not, it was a lot easier then. So you don't see as many of the younger guys um, getting into the sport.
1: Yeah.
0: And then once they do and they're into the sport and they, they, you know, they got an entry level boat. The last thing they can want to do is go plunk down a couple hundred bucks to fish a tournament only to have it ripped off, you know, by because <laughs> back then it was different. We'd look at it like, Oh, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to yeah. learn. I'm going to learn. And like, I don't want to learn. I can just, you know, Instagram and check it out. You know, and, and this guy, did yeah, I'll go yeah, buy that. I'll, I'll go that. buy that. Yeah. Oh, YouTube videos. Exactly. So I'm uh, not, I'm not disrespecting or trying to slight on, on technology, but yeah. it has taken away some of that hands-on experience, you know, and but, even
1: meeting people, I feel like it's hard yeah, to yeah. Uh, fish. Like I've only met a handful of guys. I've been freshwater fishing for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Then I got into surf fishing and then now I bought a boat originally to do largemouth but right. i got into calico i'm like yeah. i live 20 minutes from the beach it's i could just launch at huntington harbor yeah. hit the wall go to the islands whatever, right. Right. quick yeah and it's I, i'm in the same it's a 17 footer and i have a 60 on it it's new Perfect. It, it runs great yeah. and then uh but me and him will, will go you know as much as we can kids yeah yep. but i'm in the same boat where i want to learn so i'd rather do it to learn i'll pay the money no problem yeah i want to learn and everybody you know?
0: hands, handles competition differently. Mm-hmm. Some people look at it like it used to be. Hey, thank you for making this calendar. I put it on the refrigerator and tell my wife, "Don't these are the <laughs> days I'm fishing." You know, and that's so, and, and I'm serious. Like at, at some point, those were the people's only fishing days yeah. for the year. And then they, then some people would say this plus a practice day the weekend before. You know, and yeah. so it, it was a spot on the map for people to do it. Yeah, but, um, as you know, now you got to work around holidays and this and that. And you know, when school Kids, gets yeah, out, when exactly. school starts back up, and everything, and it, like a couple of years ago, it's like, dude, did you pick the worst tides this year? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, if I could, if I, if I could work <laughs> that was my plan, huh? around the tides, I, life would be a lot more simple. That's the la- unfortunately, it's the last thing I look at. So we got to the point where we were doing like five or six qualifying tournaments and a championship and an, uh, an offshore two-day challenge at Catalina and there was a fundraiser and there was a spots for tots and we we're doing like eight or nine tournaments a year so I think the vision is probably to scale it way back and make the tournaments more significant you know yeah yeah and, and, and not burn the people out you know that's, definitely, yeah, definitely. And, and everybody's got their preference so
1: so the next question for you is what is your favorite type of fishing Ugh. Gosh! So you could either break Ugh. it down to you like fishing for calico or spotties or largemouth.
0: You know, to be honest with you, I, I gonna, I'm a weirdo by confession, but <laughs> I like to short cast, pitching, flipping, Docks. skipping. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like the breakwater, I I use flipping sticks and I everything's underhand. Everything's yeah. underhand. Every, really short, close you know, on a slack line. Mm-hmm. I don't. Barely ever turn the handle to feel a bite. Um, To me, it's, there's something about pitching close and seeing a target that you think there might be a fish there. Yes. And then probably not get one, but you know, (laughs) occasionally. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Y'all, you don't even feel the bite and your lines moving sideways or you just see the line go, jumps and you, you wind down without even feeling it and just crack, you know? So for spotties, I, I really like to fish docks. I mean, they can be looping them in the mornings on a rigs or whatever. Yeah. I'll be like, fine. I'd rather not catch <laughs> shit in yeah, the, then, the, on the, on the pilings, and, yeah. but have fun. Cause it's, it's kind of a contest within a contest. You're trying to catch the fish, but you're also trying to make that good cast, you know? And yeah. to me, that's fun. Um, yeah. And then freshwater, I love, you know, pitching and flipping for largemouth, amount yeah. punching and stuff like that. It, it's, it's amazing to me when, you're five feet or 10 feet close to a fish and you pitch in to six inches of water and hop at once and just to see that line jump like dude i was that close to that fish <laughs> I didn't and even he, know. Did, he didn't even know i was here you know and so i mean yeah i like all kinds of fishing um i as far as away from the close range type fishing i like to throw stuff that i never caught a fish on before True. just to try yeah. like yeah. i've caught we were talking about the uh, Jack, the guy that made my surfboards. One day, he's like, "Dude, let's go to Palace Verde's, bud." I'm like, "All right." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, what are we taking?" He's like, "Frogs and Senkos. Oh, I'm man. like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, I just he got back from the Delta. He was fishing it, so he he literally had all these D. Thomas flipping sticks with with frogs on him." I'm like, "Good, I'm in." Yeah. And so we went up there, and we got halfway between Whites Point and Furman, and you could see, douche, 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 the calico's blowing. He goes. Whoosh. Do, 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 with the frog over the top,
1: boom! Yeah. Five
0: pounder, and then like, no, this is unreal. So we we, <laughs> we caught a few, we missed a bunch, and then uh, this was the classic. He threw out there and twitch, 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 twitch. Ooh, missed it, and then he picked up a senko and threw it out there, and you know, like they do with a follow up bait. Yep. And sure enough, dirty's <laughs> oh, got him. You know, so we probably caught like. 20 to 30 fish that day and we had a no joke couple five pound frog wow. fish uh that that's were, awesome. you know, a lot of threes but a couple fives legitimate fives so i like to do stuff that you know is off the beaten path you know it's just not because i'm trying to prove anything but just because it's more fun fun yeah exactly so we've all caught fish and you know it's like i don't know mix it up i just, hear
1: you like i just i carved a couple of my own uh, bait oh and cool. i started catching like little flukes with yeah, little yeah. Tails. perfect and it doesn't i mean it could be a Fucking eleven-inch fish. It right, still makes right. me so
0: happy to go. Oh yeah, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love doing that donkey rig where the you take yeah. two on one. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's like yeah. I won't throw an A rig, but I'll throw that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates A rig. Oh man, I've never caught a fish
1: on A rig. I threw. One, I went to save on, bought an A rig, threw it. Lost it. I said, fuck this. I'm not doing No,
0: <laughs> You know, it's somebody, I won't name names, but somebody's like, dude, check this out. He holds up this A-rig and he's like, I replaced the swivels and the hooks and it's got tungsten. And this. How much that thing cost? About 65 bucks. Fuck I'm all, that. for spot? I mean, dude. Ah, I'm just, I get it. It and catches there's fish. There's some lures but...
1: that I used to fish
0: and I'm like, they work.
1: Yeah. But I can't believe how much money. You know make.
0: what's funny? I got to... <laughs> jerry mayhew and i eric Landis, finally do an article for mm-hmm. uh, pacifico sport fishing and he, he takes us up there and out of uh Rena del rey we went up and it was supposed to be like this head-to-head but it was just fun and so jerry is a much better fisherman than i ever will be but we're fishing and we're catching fish and then we went into that submerged jetty that's off the santa monica pier and eric's all here make a cast with this and i'm like what he gives me this alabama rig i throw it out there you know on this big broomstick and there's so much resistance in the water you know i'm just like Arr. he takes a picture of me and puts it in the magazine i'm like dude that's the only cast i've ever made anything? i put it down after that cast he's like oh my gosh I have all the things oh, that, dude, shit. killing me but, you know, they, they have their place, and people love throwing them in. That. Yeah, and if it yeah. puts people on the water, and they like doing it, and then, then it's all for the better, you know? Yeah. You know? So uh, what type of influence do you think fishing's had on your life? Oh, man. A bad one. <laughs> 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 Where's my beer? <laughs> Drove me to drink. It. No. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've met a lot of great people um, through, the, through the industry um, and through this, you know, running the tournaments yeah. and stuff. I, I think two things I was thinking about. It's like one is, you know, the environment is having respect for it, you know, I mean, you know, it's just plastic straw yeah, it kills me. It's like, I see these donkeys talking about these plastic straws and it's like, when was the last time you took a straw on a boat? But when was the last time you saw something you went, but you know, what, like, what are you going to go to a restaurant and take your straw and throw it off the pier? Yeah. I mean, so there's a point at which you can respect the environment, take care of it, but come on, man. Yeah. You know? And so, um you know just be respectful uh, being respectful and understanding of how i hate to use the term fragile but just you know when you get in a nice clear area and there's garibaldi's and Opalai, oh, and you, yeah. and you look at it and you go wow that's why we come out here you know that's And we were just
1: in San Clemente fishing some rocks and I'm uh-huh. like look dude you can yeah, yeah. Sit yeah. down there, oh, you know, know, and
0: uh, tide pools even at exactly. crystal cove all that stuff's oh. important and i think you know whatever your little Part is to help keep that good is is, is important, but I, that's all I'll say. But as far as the industry, I think respecting the people that are working in the industry, and uh, whether it's commercial fishermen, sport boat captains, mm-hmm. deckhands, six-pack guys, uh, any lure manufacturers, you know, that it's a lot of unsung heroes out there that are doing it yeah. for the love, and then get so far deep into it. There's no way out because probably doesn't make a lot of, let's face it. These guys, a lot of the people aren't True. getting rich off of it. Yeah. And so you see a lot of grouchy people or burned out people. <laughs> and it's like, Hey man, that's what that's, you gotta have respect for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the people that make their lives out of this industry. I really have a lot of respect for even whether you like them or not, or mm-hmm. whether they like you or not, it's just, Hey man, that's their, their mark on this sport or this, what we've chosen to do. And I think that that's that should be you know recognized I mean Definitely. like I'm a big fan of shop at your local tackle store you know we all have online you know stuff but yeah. it's like you know that experience of going into a tackle store and talking to the guys and just is, is being lost yes. you know and you can like performance tackle or any whatever your favorite store is go in there and engage and actually touch it and you know and the guys will talk about different lures or techniques yeah. and stuff to yeah. me that's really an important part of the experience Is that hands-on you know yeah, a, lot, the, a lot of that's lost i think with
1: instagram facebook yeah you know and it, at it, the same time I, I i think it's it's good it instagram, is because yeah. you get a lot of kids maybe or and it, sp- a lot of, it
0: spawns ideas oh yeah. look i have even thought about that or even if you need to order something yeah you t- in 24 hours free shipping amazon <laughs> 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 you know what you want but i think it's really important to like, Tommy, go down there and order a custom rod and like yeah. actually have him fit it to your yeah. arm length or handle style or whatever. I mean, that is rather cool than, like, going, oh, let's see. How many more views of this rod are there? Yeah, over?
1: that's, like, when I buy my rods, I'm, I'm still new to the saltwater game. So, mm-hmm. like, I see some guys on Instagram, pros and stuff. I'm yeah, like, that looks so fucking heavy, that rod. Oh, oh. Some of these rods, I'm like, fuck that, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, they use some heavy rods, and I'm like, we don't fish. I fish with my – maybe like a flipping stick. That's what I use. I'm I'm,
0: The other day, I was fishing below Newport Harbor, and I was 14-pound mono for hard baits with a a buggy whip for a rod. It's like I know I'm not going to catch anything over three or four pounds, so why not let the rod bend and have some fun? You know, I see these guys – 65 braid, 60 liter, <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, if you hook that one, yeah. but the 30 you hook in front of it, you're just like, here combs comes, you know. It's like, whatever, you know. It's true. They, uh, Jim Decker, you know, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I, I know who he is. The first year we had that two-day uh, Calico tournament at Catalina, him and Tracy won that tournament with like 45 pounds for two days. So it's like, you know, what is it, four-and-a-half-pound average for yeah. 10 fish over two days? Every one of those fish was caught on 20-pound braid to 20-pound fluorocarbon leader yeah, on, on Buzz Ramsey steelhead <laughs> rods, like full buggy yeah, whips, right? Yeah. And they got them in Northwest Harbor on 7-inch jerk shads yeah. with owner sled heads. When was the last time you saw semi fishing calicos with 20-pound braid and 20-pound leader? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You need 65 to 40. Yeah. It's like, No. Yeah, you, you, if if you knew how hard you could pull on twenty to twenty, yeah, it it's great, and it gets a bit better. But everybody yeah. just gets locked in to heavier, more, thicker, and earlier. You know, it's, well, yeah, I'm more, more
1: of a a quantity guy. Yeah, well, when you have kids, it's like you want yeah, to probably, catch as much yeah. as you yeah, can. Yeah,
0: it's to me, it's important to stick, and then usually good things happen out of that. You'll be getting one, two, and all of a sudden, oh, there's a four, and then exactly. you're like stoked because that thing just looped you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So but, here's one for you. Give us the story of the one that got away. Oh, geez. That one fish. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> the one that, that pops in your memory. Oh, the man.
0: Best. Oh, uh, I don't know. That's, uh, I've lost so many fish over the years. Or even
1: a story oh, like uh, I had a rod get pulled in, a brand new rod and reel get pulled into the water, lost it. Oh, I like could that. tell you a bunch
0: of those, too. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> times. Um, oh, gosh. Well, there was one time, one fish. Um. It just stands out. I, you know where Lenata Bay is, or no, uh, is it up Rocky, north? Rocky Point, you know, oh, in yeah. Palos Verdes, yeah, 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 the furthest point, Rocky Point. There's one point this side of it. It's called, I think, a Resort Point. Anyways, my dad and I went up there one morning, and we went up in the dark. And uh there's an outside boiler right there, and I pulled out my surface iron. You know, you can throw surface iron real far. Mm-hmm. And I okay, I made a little short cast first to get the line wet. Then I bombed it out there. I hit the water and I'm whining and whining and whining and I'll never forget this. I go, oh, look, there's a baby seal following my surface iron. I said that. You know mm-hmm. like I thought it was a baby seal and he was just kind of doing figure eights behind my surface iron. As it got close to the boat, like it came out of the water and his fins were like rooster fishing. You could like you could see his spikes out of the water doing like big gnarly S turns. That thing was I don't know how big it was, but it was really big. And my dad's like, Oh, that's, I go, that's not a baby seal. You know, and we pulled it right and he he never touched it. He never bit at it. He was kind of like coming up and like nudging yeah. it with his face, like kind of kicking it out of there. And that was that was a real big one. But then um I don't know, who, who knows. I I hate to call numbers because it, it could have been three pounds and what I don't know, but it was really big. And uh another time On the other end of that place, right at Point Furman, Mm -hmm. we had a tournament there, and uh, I wanted to start really shallow. I'll never forget this. I raced another boat there, and he beat me, (laughs) and I was like, ah, dang it. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually Tom and Val Hanses, and uh, they got inside. There was like a little gap between the beach and where the kelp started that you could get your boat in between. And I was doing really well in there before the tournament. I, oh, dude, I'll be able to get some, you know, three to four pounders in there. You know, No, no giants, but mm-hmm. you know, so, and uh, they beat me. So um, I, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, wait till they're done and they leave and then I'll, I'll go in. And so they fished it really quick and then they took off and I went inside and uh, oh, it's game on <laughs> and uh, nothing, 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 nothing. And I fished around in there quite a bit and I, I didn't catch anything. And then, I actually came out of there. It's like a little cul-de-sac, and I made a long cast. And I had a broomstick of, I think it was like a Calstar, like a, wow. a legitimate Calstar, yeah. with like a non-level wine. like a, a I think it was like a big Daiwa Diwas or something, yeah. like sixty-five braid. And I know I had a like a forty-pound leader, just and a big old bait. It was a pearl, like six-inch with a a small lead head. It was only like an ounce or maybe even three quarters, but I had a big hook in it. And I was whining it, whining it, whining it. And just about the time I could see the swim bay, I see this bass come straight up behind it. And he was going so fast that he, he didn't have his fins out. They were all retracted. And he glided up and just opened his mouth and just like... <laughs> went right over the top of the swim bait, like inhaled it like and you know with a lead head and a six a inch big, bait, it's yeah. seven inches long <laughs> yeah. right that, so he came all the way over the top of, and by the time this happened it was right at my feet you know and the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: You could see it close its mouth, and it was still gliding, and it turned the other way and started to go down. And I wound down one, two, three. And I went, whoosh, and I went to lift and the rod started to load. And then it just went, ink. Oh, and it, 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 he just, it was right on his teeth. And I yeah. just raked it right across his teeth. And, that thing was a balloon. I don't know how big it was, but I was just defeated. I was like, all right, let's just go in. I'm done. It was, like it was within no. 15, 20, within the first hour of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done. We just And we sucked, like we always do. <laughs> and, and Palos Vertus has just kicked my ass so many times. But, uh, but that was a big one. You know Who knows? You know, like I I just, we just started fishing there a little more. I, I love Crystal Cove. Mm, so yeah. when
1: I started surf fishing, yeah this was ten years ago. No one would surfish it ever, right. so I'd go there. I lost maybe about four hundred dollars in they'll <laughs> see and then uh I caught a uh one time me and my friend Roger were there uh-huh. and uh thrown on the boilers caught a white sea bass nice. This is when yeah. I bought a GoPro because yep. that thing burned me like for ten minutes right right. See the fin come into the wave popped off oh, like,
0: fuck. yeah i know <laughs> but
1: i caught my biggest calico there, eight pounds oh jeez. on a rod i wrapped from the beach rod. yeah oh nice this old couple was there i'm like
0: fuck yeah, yeah. i'm yelling at them hey come take a picture that's an oldie <laughs> that's a that's a beautiful fish yeah, yeah. yeah there's not many of those around on the coast yeah i mean there are but not catchable yeah that's know? i
1: mean i'm pretty new to it i'm a couple years deep yeah. with the boat i
0: had a buddy that used to float tube that area and he would do it just before sun up yeah. in the dark and then maybe an hour after the sun got up, and he was done. But that guy got some big ones. That's, that's sketchy, dude. Yeah. Sharks and stuff. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he got flipped a couple times in it too. Yeah, the seals too yeah, will come I, up and. Yeah. You know, you know, he was a good guy. Oops. What um, else? What would you say your biggest rookie mistake is? Oh my gosh, how many? <laughs> Once again, how, oh rookie or biggest? So um, you could even just uh, like mistake, I guess. boat.
1: Yeah. rookie mistake fishing yeah. like something yeah,
0: like that i mean i i've got to be honest i flipped my my boat one time um fishing pals verdes wow and, uh, what size boat just a 15 foot boston whaler but it was Ooh. just the biggest stupid attack you could ever have you know it just uh i was fishing it was a little club tournament it was just like five bucks a person or yeah i you know what i mean it was like four other boats fishing and i had um i had taken a, a guy out that had never fished calicos before let alone ever fished a tournament mm-hmm. and we'd done okay we had like for five fish we might have had like 12 14 15 pounds i don't know It was just nice little two three pounders whatever and at the end of the day i got in tight right on the beach at point Furman. Mm-hmm. and i was like i was just getting too greedy you know i want a big one i want a big <laughs> one i want a, and i wasn't looking over my shoulder and i was on the trolling motor and i was close enough where i could hit the rocks with a cast you know yeah. um, and uh there was no swell in the water. Yeah, you know, I surfed for a lot of years. There was no swell. There was no weird tide. There was nothing. Pre- there was no weird wind. And I just happened to look over my shoulder, and I was like, oh, shit. And I see this this wave coming in. It wasn't really that big. It was only maybe, like, shoulder high. And for a split second, I go, man, should I jump down and fire up the main engine and then just rah, jam yeah. out? I go, oh, I, th- I think I got it. And I turned the trolling motor on high and went right towards it. And there was a reef oh. and it was it was sucking out the water over the reef. So it was kind of like as the water would come out over the reef, the wave just kind of stood up, stood up, stood up, stood up. And I go, Oh, it's gonna be close. And I trolley motored right into it. And right as I got to it, it it didn't like throw a barrel, you know, it wasn't like a top to bottom mm-hmm. wave, but it wasn't a, a puffer. It didn't go, you know, it yeah. kind of actually <laughs> had a hook on it and it threw <laughs> And the nose of the boat went right through that lip and I crouched down and I had a little bow rail on the boat and I held on to it and I go, hang on. And we, we punched through the back and the boat kind of came out and I'm like, Oh, we got it. We got it. You know? And I thought the nose was going to go down, but the, all the water that came over the boat, the bow went to the stern oh, and it nice. made it pop a wheelie. Like it just kept going taller and taller. So I'm holding on to the rail and I look back and this guy, Jonathan Perkins, that was with me. He jumped out of the boat and I'm holding on like monkey bar style going, (laughs) Oh, and then the thing, I think I can't say for sure, but I think the outboard we were in so shallow, hit the bottom, the prop Mm -hmm. grab. And that kind of gave it like a cantilever. It just, it came right over on top of me. And, uh, I remember popping up underneath the boat and all my shit's floating around in there. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) So I, Take a breath, go underneath, swim up, and the trolling motor's in the air, and it's still spinning on high, and I grab it, and it's a 24-volt, and I'm (laughs) like, we're like like shocked, like gnarly, but like a static, like burning through your fingernails, and I see another wave come, so I'm holding on to the trolling motor, and I'm trying to swim it off the rocks, Mm -hmm. and... um, it, the, the next wave comes and it rips it out of my hand and, you know, it goes up on the rocks and he, my, Jonathan comes up, dude, I got your rods. And I'm off. forget him, toss him, <laughs> Cause it had braid on it.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: I didn't want him to get spider webbed up in a bunch of braid. That horrible. would have been a bad deal. And uh, so the, out of all the things to pop up is my Eperb. You know, those emergency yeah. radio beacons. Mm-hmm. Well, pff, okay, no better time to use this thing. So I pff, do, do, push the button and within like five minutes, the Coast Guard flew over. I mean, they, they were right there at San yeah, Pedro because yeah. it was just... But, and then here comes Baywatch and, you know, the lifeguards and then um, Towboat US showed up and um, we were all fine. And, did, you did you recover know, the boat? That's the thing. This is what sucks. Even on top of being a donkey for, for that, letting mm-hmm. that happen... My insurance had expired and the night before I tried calling uh, progressive mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And, um, uh, they they were out, it was after hours cause they're in Florida or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, no big deal tomorrow. Well, maritime law, I guess is if your boat is on the beach, it's considered a salvage operation. It's different. If your boat's floating and you flip it, they can just hook onto it and tow you in mm-hmm. and your vessel assist or your insurance will cover it. $3,600 to tow it from Point Furman to Cabrillo, you know? And I was like, oh. And so I phone called the dad. Hey, dad, dude, I need to borrow thirty six What? Huh? How old are you then? Uh, way too old to know the difference <laughs> <laughs> old enough to know the difference and uh you know i was like oh, then the guy was like hey man we're just gonna you know it'll impound you can go to an auction and buy it back and i'm like dude the boat's not even worth 3600 yeah. bucks and he's like oh whatever and i'm like ah and i was like i was that was my baby you know it was like this yeah. little whaler that i always wanted and so dude. we we got it and uh we towed it back um but you know the, th- the the lesson isn't. There's no bass worth your life. You know, or yeah. your. I mean, this guy that I took fishing. He's a dad. He's an uncle. He's a husband. Yeah. He's an employee, and he could have very easily been caught up. You know, it wasn't like a big victory at sea or anything. But he could have gotten you know his hands tied up underneath yeah. the boat and couldn't have got out. You know, and just you know you can die, you can die in six inches of water. So now I look at uh, fishing tight around the beach is a lot different ability. yeah it's like i just stay on the, the main engine uh-huh. and i let the guy fish on the bow and i'd stay on the back and yeah. just you know i kind of stay on the shallow end of the pool now but i think you know you see pictures back to instagram of guys like up and in it making no i've i i will not name names but i know of several <laughs> people that have ripped the trolling motor off their boat because oh shit here comes a set no time to de- you know deploy the troll or reinstall re- the trolling motor. Just hammer the throttle, and then it gets ripped off in the yeah. kelp. Close call, you know, fill the boat yeah. with water and stuff. So there's, there's, uh, yeah, I make sure, and if I'm with somebody, I try to let them know, like, here's how, here's the kill switch, here's yeah. how to start it put it in gear, don't. If I'm up there, don't, you know, punch the throttle and kick me out of the boat, whatever it might be. Done you know. that to people. Yeah. You know, and so it's still, you look at things a lot different after you've made a stupid mistake like that. So.
1: Now, do you wear a life vest now? All the I time? do. Yeah. I try what to... One of those pool ones? Like Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, especially um, like when I go to San Clemente or Catalina, I have that e perb. Mm-hmm. and I'll wear a, always the kill switch, always a life. And I'll just take that e perb, It's not that big and just throw it in the pouch of my hoodie, you mm-hmm. know, because... I have a, here's a funny story. I had a neighbor. He was out trolling from, uh, Mako sharks out at the 14 mile bank in a tiller steer boat. And he, I, you know, probably popping a couple and then (laughs) fell out of the boat. Like it fell out of the boat, just going, just trolling. Like he had lines out and the boat, fortunately the tiller kicked to one side,
1: and the Circling. boat started
0: doing big circles around him. And he's like, he, it, that thing went, he's a big circle. You know, it wasn't like a little tight little loop. It was a big circle and he treaded water, you know, 14 miles off the beach. And he was able to go to the outside of the circle and then tread and then go Raw! and like lunge himself onto the gunnel of the boat. And he said he hung on and he couldn't get in and Plew! the boat ripped out of his hands oh and it God. kept going. He goes, I only got enough energy to do this one more time. And he he got himself up over the gunnel again. And he goes, I literally crawled myself inch by inch by inch back into the boat. And he says, once I got in the boat, he goes, I just... uh, I shut the engine off and I cried for like a half hour, you I know, bet, just like, man. cause yeah, but what are they You're 14 miles off the beach? I don't yeah. care who you are. You ain't you're swimming that around. far. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, if you were to fall out of your boat and you didn't have a kill switch, cause there's containers floating out there, trees. If your boat goes down and it <laughs> veers off to one side, the throttle's stuck. It's going fast. And you're, you know, so, yeah. I mean, you, if with the life jacket, inflate it and, uh, inflate it and push the button and here comes the cavalry, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's really important to to be safe, especially offshore. You know?
1: Yeah, so, my wife's gonna hear this, and I'm gonna get a fucking world of shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Do you wear life vest?" I'm like, "We're fucking right there." Yeah, if you're on the beach, you know
0: it's fine. But you know, they I do- can see the beach, right? And she's right. always yelling
1: at me because we'll look at shit on the news, and she'll be like, "Look at this boat in Newport." I'm like, "Those are some dudes from fucking Mexico with drugs trying to right, right." <laughs>
0: Do you remember hearing that that boat in San Diego that took off one night and uh, there was some guys partying on the back, and I guess the guy fell off the back of the boat there, you know, whatever, went back tilted, and and they went and woke up the captain like, dude, the guy fell over, so they turned on all the floodlights, and they woke up the captain because it was the second ticket, and the you know you go forward and the guy stopped the boat and then you know took a compass heading and went 180 degrees and then came back on a zigzag pattern Mm -hmm. and they got everybody up out of the bunks to look over the side and uh, they seen the guy there he is and they go and the guy's treading water with his beard still in his hand (laughs) he's like oh my god yeah if you can think about that in the middle of the night a boat is going away from you and you're just like you must have been trashed yeah so yeah mother Nature's no joke you, you well, ain't gonna win you know yeah yeah you're not but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know it's it's great as long as you know you just we've all forgot to put our bilge plug in and done stupid stuff oh forgot got to take the straps off here but why won't the boat come off the trailer oh you didn't take the straps off you idiot oh fucking not dude Put glue on my bones. You know?
1: I went with the buddy once, uh, my friend John, and I'm learning, so like to wrench your boat off good, the steering arm, oil that oh, shit. Geez. Didn't oil it. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, I can't turn the fucking steering wheel. Right. And I'm like, This is our first time I am fishing. I'm like fuck it. I took it apart, <laughs> grabbed the engine. We're just in the fucking right. Harbor. Right. <laughs> But I'm like, yeah, I've done some stupid. Uh, we've we've <laughs>
0: fixed many uh, stuck steering with a bottle of uh, you know that hot sauce fish attractant. Yeah. <laughs> Take it apart and put some of that on there. <laughs> and it works like grease. It know? took me forever
1: to get that thing unstuck Oh, there at home. So now every I do a checklist. Was, yeah. You know, like
0: it's salt water is just brutal on gear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but good stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fun
1: times. So, if, uh, <laughs> let's break down uh, your gear you like to use, what tide, and what's your favorite structure kind of, you know. The
0: gear I like to use? So, like, if you had
1: a go-to gear, let's say, for uh, whatever you fish most often. Oh, man. So, like, your go-to reel you love, your go-to rod, you know. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: the, um, there's so many good manufacturers out there. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you can say I'm a, you know, abu guy, shimano guy, Daiwa guy. I don't think there's a bad reel on the market. Same with rods. You you look at – I mean technology now, like rewind the clock five, six years, you know, you buy a reel or a rod for like 250 bucks. Now those rods and reels now are about half that much. Yeah. And the technology, you know, went higher and it's better. So. I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make is buying stuff that they don't really need, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean really, I mean, you really need, I mean, tuna guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like some of these ultra ridiculously sensitive rods that cost, you know, six, seven, eight hundred bucks just for a rod. It's like, dude, what? You can't, I mean, you need to feel a fish that's going, going <laughs> by the lure and not biting it, you know? But, uh, I like a little bit more, tra- I like shorter rods, Um, I have a small boat, so you see guys with eight, nine foot rods, seven, six is about as long as I like to go. Um, Randy Penny from, um, United composites. He's actually making uh, rods in Huntington beach, Mm -hmm. the old graphite USA rods. Um, he bought that company when he left seeker and the stuff Mm -hmm. he's making is really incredible. Like there's a lot of good companies. Um, but a lot of them are kind of the same version of the a different version of the same thing, if that makes sense. Um, And they're all good quality. Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're, I would imagine, making a rod is to come up with an action that's really unique because now you've pigeonholed yourself to a small percentage of the anglers. You know, you're, oh, this thing's killer. Yeah, you're the only one that likes it. You know, (laughs) so they have to kind of appeal to the masses. The quality of Randy's rods at United Composites are pretty impressive. I only have a couple. I've got some of the old from back in the day the old graphite usa ones that mark from performance wrap me and they're still they're still so strong and they're they're just just a nice rod and then i use abu garcia reels you know they've been really uh, generous to support our, our tournaments over the years and i use them and Penn. um but their stuff is great um i like i said there's not a bad product on the market but i i really like the, the abu reels and and that type of stuff so Ding. My okay. bad, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then you know, I have a love hate relationship with braided line. I understand <laughs> its benefits, but that stuff sucks at times. You know, it's <laughs> it's hey, so one good. One bird's
1: nest, there's twenty fucking dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's also like you know, I don't know. Like it, it gets it gets backlashes at times when it shouldn't. You know, mm-hmm. or yeah. like some of the non coated um, braids seem to work good out of the box. That are, but then some of these ones are like, oh, you got to go with like three or four times, and then the braid will get good. You I mean I got to wait three three trips to get this wax coating off my line before it starts working? You yeah. know, so while I understand its benefits, it it can be a nightmare at the same time. But you know, when you pull on a fish, it's it's right now. You exactly. know, yeah, you got them. You know, you know where you're at with it. But I think the art of like fishing monofilament and even straight fluorocarbon line. Is lost, you know. But people, yeah. people just don't don't do that as much anymore. And it's, uh, I'm not knocking braided line. I am for me personally. Yeah. but I'm not knocking it. because it, there's some people that don't even know any different. Like, they're, that's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, what do you mean? There's there's mo- what's monofilament? Yeah, you know, they don't even know about it. Yeah. But it does have its advantages at times. Yeah. you know, it's you know where it's at, and it's a lot cheaper, and you know, it, it casts really nice. It's dependable, but There was, was like,
1: a short time where I didn't fish too much, and, yeah, all the braid and stuff was, like, brand new to me.
0: Yeah. And, uh, like, the plastic baits, like, there's a big hammer and stuff now, but I remember, like, Worm King and... Oh, yeah. All that stuff goes. Um, (laughs) Worm King and Fish Trap, and, you know, there was Kalins. There was a lot of people, like... In the late '80s or even early '80s, mid '80s, that were were making baits that, yeah. you know, it, it's it's interesting to see the evolution of the sport. That's a topic for a whole nother day. But <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But I I like standard stuff, you know. Um, yeah, shorter rods. Um, I like to have some tip because I'm a caster. Yeah. I just don't agree with braided line, lockdown drags, and a broomstick. It's just yeah. like you know, it's a recipe for disaster in my opinion. Yeah. You, know, you fish, you want your rod to bend, you know, yeah. it's kind of cool. The then, fight. Also, yeah. especially when they're up close, you know, I don't just jack pull the fish. Yeah. I, you know, Hey, he's right there, you know, enjoy the experience fight for a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah you exactly. know, that's, that's what it's about. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, growing up as a kid on the, on the Dana point boats or, or going out on the Nautilus, the half day boats, we used to take like eight to 12 pound mono and loop them you know just fun and it was like yeah i get these eight foot buggy whip rods and (laughs) and you're having a blast and that's what it was about and then all of a sudden braid comes along and it's like 65 80 pounds it's like come on man relax yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i i I fell into the braid thing just from fishing surf because like I oh, lost yeah. so many. And then in the beginning. Plus it
0: doesn't twist like your mono in the surf. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, I used to use straight braid when I do surf fishing. Yeah. Then I would put floor on sometimes. Yep. Wouldn't change it the next time. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Done. There goes fucking twenty dollars.
0: <laughs> no, I mean I, maybe I'm, I'm barking know. a little bit much about braid, but I, I I I have it. Go look at my, all my rods. Most of them have it. Yeah. But I do have a few rods that have either straight mono or straight fluoro. Yeah. And I ain't changing. It's it's for us, you know, whatever technique I'm doing. Exactly. A lot of hard baits. Yeah. And everybody's throwing yeah. hard baits now. You know, from whatever size on up. And uh, I'm a big fan of using um, a little bit of stretchy line in. Usually, I'm fishing in an area that's difficult to catch a fish. Exactly. So, I mean, like below Newport Harbor and Crystal Cove area, yeah. you can go down there with a bag of little Lucky Crafts or little small hard baits, mm-hmm. and they nine out of ten fish will only be stuck on the outside of yeah. their face because I think they're just swatting at it. Yep. They're not even really eating exactly. it. And so, if you got them on braid, it's just ripped right out of the face. But exactly. you know, you, you get that softer rod, and you know, you you can. There's not so much. The margin of error is a lot greater exactly. you know if they make a big surge right at the boat and you got it on a soft rod the broad bends the line stretches you still got them yeah on braid it's like <laughs> somebody somebody wins or loses yeah, really yeah, quick yeah. you know so i don't know maybe i'm just old but that's my kick <laughs> but yeah well it's been a great podcast
1: thank you for Fun. coming Fun over times. and supporting the second one thank you guys for uh, having you me, you know yeah. on
0: as a guest this is yeah, i think awesome. you guys got a great thing going Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Cast and Crank. Podcast, first one. Honored to be on it. Um, super cool. Keep it up. Check us out. SWBA on Instagram or check out our website, SWBAseries.com. Have a great day. See you on the